welcome to the Locking Castle Church podcast. This Sunday morning teaching was given as part of the Health Check series. Okay, thank you very much, Kat. Thank you. Good morning. And uh, I bring greetings from Chikasa, Ukraine. It's uh, great to see Ukrainian sunflowers and flowers and, and flags and I even noticed Kat painted her nails. And then I started thinking, it could be the Swedish colors. <laughs> so let's just, you may laugh, but let's just think, compared to Ukraine and Britain, Eurovision, sixth place we got Ukraine, so congratulations. Thank you for voting for Ukraine. I'm very sorry about your defeat. Astounding defeat, again, <laughs> again, anyway. Okay, so I have a gift uh, for each one of you. It's going to require a bit of work for you this morning. Uh, this is called origami. It's a little card. You need to fold it. Okay, so I'm going to give them. And, um, and the purpose of this is it's a thank you card. It is uh, to say thank you um, to every one of you for the last year, uh, and the Church of Locking Castle has supported us uh, for many years, in fact, even before the war started. There was a life before the war, apparently, and, um, and that is why, out of the two Sundays I have, I'm in the UK, I came here first, uh, because this church has been very faithful to our ministry, so I want to thank you, personally, every single one of you, for what you have done for Ukraine over the last year. And I know you've done many different things um, for the prayers, if it's one prayer or daily prayers, or, and we're just so grateful. It means so much. Um, and the financial support, the cake sale, you know, the Locking Castle, a cake sale for Ukraine has an international reputation of uh, not just good cakes, but also a good money, a good donations for Ukraine. So we're grateful for everyone that has participated eating cake for Ukraine. Thank you for that sacrifice. And so this is just a thank you card for you to take home, um, and it gives some extra things to pray for. Um, and on the back, there's a picture of our wonderful team. And it also explains, if you want to get in touch with me, if you have any problems as a result of my sermon, any questions, any complaints, you can send me an email. It's on here, and I'll be happy to hear from you. And for those of you that are really keen, I do have some of our personal family uh, photos, prayer cards. If you want one of these, I'm very happy to give you one. Come and find me afterwards. And I also have a tradition. I like to give a gift for the person that has traveled the farthest uh, to be here. Uh, has anyone traveled really far to be here? Like, like far, far or not? Yes. Uh, where have you come from? Okay. Is that far? <laughs> it's just up the road. Okay. It, is anyone further? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to make an executive. Oh, yes. Cheddar. Okay, yeah. Is that good? Is, is that good? Okay.
Okay, um, that's Ukrainian chocolate. On Friday night, it was in Ukraine, and so was I. And I'm here now. I, um, it took a long train journey, and then I flew from Warsaw, arrived late last night at Heathrow Airport. I go to pick up a car, and, and they say, where are you from? I say, I'm from Ukraine. They say, oh, that's so nice. How's life there? <laughs> well, we've got a war on at the moment, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> would you like an upgrade on your car? <laughs> I said, sure, <laughs> 200 pound, no thank you. <laughs> yeah, so, mm -hmm. so um, it's kind of awkward. Um, I've lived in Ukraine for like more than half my life. Um, and I'm older than you think, um, and I've, um, I learned Russian, because, um, you know, 20 odd years ago, it was okay, and now it's not okay, um, and I understand Ukrainian, but I can't, I can, but I can't really speak Ukrainian very well, um, and I can preach in Russian, but I can't preach in Ukrainian, and, and that's good for you, probably, because I can't do the Russian the Russian thing's not politically correct anymore. So in Ukraine, when I preach now, I have to go back to using a translator, and, uh, and they translate it into beautiful Ukrainian. But I didn't bring my translator today, so um, it's gonna be without the translation. But the only thing, the great thing about speaking with the translator is that you get to speak, and then you get to think about what you're gonna say next, kind of while they translate. And so if you like, I get a pause after every sentence. That means I'm thinking what to say. Next. <laughs> yeah, so when Andy, you know, he sent, me, he sent me the topic of what to speak on, I mean, let's be honest, I'm in a week's time, I'm going, I'm going to another church down in Southampton, and they gave me a topic, the armor of God, Ephesians 6, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's so relevant for war, you know, the armor of God, I can speak about that, no problem. And then Andy says, oh yeah, Revelation 3. So it's a real challenge for me, you know, to, to look at Revelation 3. You know, it's not the sort of turn-to passage when you've got a war going on about what you're going to read about. But, um, yeah, it's actually very, very interesting. And, um, yeah. So, of course, I missed, I missed all your previous sermons, except I didn't, because due to the wonder of technology, I was able to catch up on, on everything that had been spoken. So I, I spent some time with Jake and, uh, and with Andy, and um, I'm with Kat and with Claire um, on the long journey, on the train journey over. I caught up on your sermons. Um, uh, wow, Claire, that's quite a. Uh, they're all good, they're all good. <laughs> <laughs> but Claire was the most recent one, you know, and, you know, I wrote down, God won't provide for our presumption. I like that idea. And I'm thinking, uh, Claire, so you could just repeat what you did last time. I'm sure they've forgotten half of it anyway. Um, <laughs> And then I won't need to say anything. Anyway. Okay, so, yeah. I was informed you're looking at these as like a, a for Andy wrote, and I quote, a health check kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And the letter of the Church of Philadelphia, it's the, it's the sixth letter. If I was talking about the previous churches, the topics I would choose, I'll talk about perseverance and sufferings. 
faithfulness, immorality, and obedience. I mean, you know that all already. And the Church of Philadelphia was known as the Church of Brotherly Love. Well, the reason I know that was because I Googled it, and that's what the internet told me. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Uh, but wouldn't you like Locking Castle to be known as the Church of Brotherly and Sisterly Love? I think that's a great, that's a great reputation to have in the neighborhood, and I hope, I hope that's the reputation that you have. But I don't want to be super clever or super spiritual today. I want to share with you some very simple truths. I'm not, you know, you don't have to be an expert on biblical theology to read the Bible and to understand exactly what the Bible is trying to say. You don't have to be super spiritual like Andy or, or Kat or, or Claire or, or Jake, although they're looking at Jake today, I'm not sure about his spirituality, but yeah. In fact, so let me share a secret with you. I am, I think it's going to surprise a lot of you, except for my mum, who's in the back there. I am um, very underqualified for what I do, and I have a great team of people that, uh, that make up for my lack of qualifications. When I moved to Ukraine in 1998, I never expected war to break out. You don't expect that. I never expected to have to lead my family and my team through the threat of, of rocket attacks. I never expected to, to hear rockets exploding when our air defense is working in our city. I remember sitting last summer outside for our church service. You know, we're sitting and, and just worshiping, then you hear the explosions, and it's, it's a very surreal experience. I never expected to have to drop plans of what to do in the threat if there's a nuclear attack, exactly what will we do? Because those plans you drop before it happens, not after it happens. It's a bit late then. I never expected, you know, last summer we married a, a great couple. His name is Ilya, and got married to Marina. And despite the war, it was a happy occasion. And Ilya got called up, got conscripted to the army. Uh, two weeks ago, they celebrated their first wedding anniversary separate because he's fighting. Praise the Lord, he's alive. I never expected to have to, you know, have to lead my team and through these sorts of challenges. Dealing with hundreds of thousands of people that have been displaced as a result of this war, dealing with their trauma and their pain and their loss. Seeing death that cannot be unseen. Losing people that are important to me. And the challenges Ukraine faces as a nation. And it's going to be mourning the loss of a generation of soldiers, men and women, killed in this war. It's going to last for generations. But right now we don't have the time to mourn. Today is day 445 of this war. We're still fighting emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And sometimes the only thing that is enough to get us through these difficult times is the words that we find in Revelation 3. These are the words of him who is holy and true. And we're reminded of this, especially when times are difficult. And you know, we are called to be holy and true. It's not just... Jesus or God that is holy and true. We are called to be like Jesus. And have you noticed that's quite difficult in this world to be holy and to be true? 
God, you know, his words, his teachings, his love are the only things that are totally holy and true. In this world we live surrounded by deception and, and half-truths and lies. And yet, our challenge is to be holy and true. So I could end it right here and say, Amen, go home and be holy and true. I mean, there's nothing else. There's nothing else we need to know. Follow, follow Jesus' teachings. Go home. There's a little bit more, and I don't want Andy to never invite me back if I don't actually talk about the passage. So I want to share with you just a, two specific parts of this letter that, and they're connected and, and they're very relevant for Ukraine right now, and they're very relevant for Great Britain, for Lachlan Castle, and hopefully for every one of you. You know, it starts off, it says, I know you have little strength. And I don't know how you're feeling right now. Have you noticed living is hard? I don't know how it is here. I haven't lived here for 20-something years, but I guess life is hard for you, for everyone. And we think about what hardnesses do we experience in our life. You know, I think of my daughter, Susanna. She's eight. Her idea of life is hard is when she can't watch a cartoon before she goes to bed. You know, if that doesn't happen, it's a bit of a problem. My eldest daughter, Daniela, she's 15, and you know, her biggest challenge is getting through the school exams without a failure. Her idea of having no strength is having to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning to be in school on time. Timothy, my son, he's 18. He's in Sheffield right now, spending a year there, helping at a Christian camp facility. His biggest worry, his biggest challenge is what he's going to do next in his life. Is he going to stay in the UK? Is he going to come back to Ukraine, which is his home? My wife, Katya, her biggest concern right now is coping with the demands and the logistics of family life without me. It's not because I'm, I'm so amazing. It's just I drive the car. And so if I'm not there, then she can't drive herself around. So it just makes her life complicated. And she's, she herself is involved in, in, in so much ministry and also studying at university in parallel. So life is tough. And I have my concerns, my struggles, you know. Um, what if something happens to our city, to our team, to my family while I'm here? It's not like I can just get on a plane and go home. If I decide now to go home, it will take at least two days to get home, at least. In these days of modern technology, the news comes through on our phones. The air raid sirens come through on our phones as well. I have an app, it's, it's on my phone. It could go off any time, you could hear it. If it goes on, if it goes off now, the sirens will go off on the app about a minute before they go off outside. Um, no sirens, there's a risk, and it means there is a threat of attack. And so my concern is what happens if I'm here and they're there. There's my mum. Um, my her biggest concern is 
for her children, for me, for my brother, sister, for our families, and we'll be okay, safe, productive, thriving, most importantly, staying close to Jesus. As we get older, our struggles, I think a lot of time connect with money, the lack of it. I think we all like the struggle of, of having too much money, but you know, God has other plans, doesn't he? You know? And it's balancing or the, dis, the disbalance between what we have and what we want and, and what we need and what we want. And there's all these things in life that suck the physical and the emotional and the spiritual strength from our lives and it makes it hard. And so this passage starts off, I know, I know that you have little strength. And I believe that God is saying, saying, I get it, I understand. I feel you, I see, I understand life is tough and I know you have little strength. God understands. And I think of those soldiers in the trenches using British, British weapons, keep sending them. The world considers them to be brave, but that doesn't make them strong. They froze through the freezing winter. They lived through the muddy spring. Are they cowed under fire? And every day I think that is the true meaning of what the Bible calls a little strength. I know you have a little strength. And compared to them, my life is such a blessing. Don't look at me and think I'm any type of hero. I'm not in the trenches. They're still fighting. And yet despite all these challenges of life, whatever the challenges that you have in your life, those life-draining, strength-draining challenges, we have a task. It's a task as a church, it's a task as a community, it's a task as individuals. And this pastor is going to say, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. And the challenge is simple. Keep God's word, do not deny his name. Keep his commandments. Follow with intensity the words and the teachings of Jesus. Make the Bible your number one authority for life guidance, not YouTube or TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, not even Locking Castle sermons or the BBC or whatever you watch and listen to. Because it's so easy, so easy in this world for our moral compass to get distorted by political correctness that is not biblical truth. But I digress and I won't go there. The Bible says Endure patiently. For how long? For how long must it go on for? You see, Lord, can't you end it today? I'm tired. End it, please. War is just so tiring. Let's come to an agreement, God. You know, if this is a struggle that I have, if you can take it away from me, then I will I'll do better. I'll read my Bible more. I'll... I'll pray more, more. God, end the war, end the suffering. God, don't think we've suffered enough. And the whole point of endurance is that endurance is hard. 
There's a crazy guy right now who's running from, from the south of Africa up to the north of Africa, across the whole continent. He's running literally marathons every day to get from the bottom of Africa to the top of Africa. I can hardly run to my car. You saw how I was out of breath just running around here. And he's running every day. That is the example of true endurance. I just wonder how many times is it going to cross his mind that it's time to give up? Because you know, he could easily give up and just say, forget it. It's all too hard. But endurance creates character. It's built on obedience and it's built on faithfulness. And these are some of the foundations of any church, of any Christian community. See, what would have happened if Jesus, when he was on the cross, he was suffering in so much pain, if he'd said, God, just end it. Send down ye heavenly armies, save me, take away the pain, destroy those bad people. Our Jesus has been living under the Roman occupation for all his life. There were the false self, uh, the self-righteous Jewish teachers of the law. You know, Jesus could have said, God, just get rid of them. What would have happened if Jesus didn't have endurance? And on the cross he said, God, fix it. And, and God just fixed it all we'd have no hope, we'd have no salvation because it would have fixed things for Jesus. It wouldn't have fixed anything for us. And it's only through Jesus' endurance on the cross that I am here today telling you I had to not give up. If Jesus had not gone through with that, if he'd not endured so much, we would have no hope today. Why should we not give up? See, I'm in Ukraine, we talk about ending the war, and we pray for the war to end. And the war could end today, simply if we gave up. The fighting would stop. People would stop being killed. The destruction would stop. And it would leave the country enslaved and trapped in bondage, to a neighboring nation who doesn't just not like us, but wants to eradicate us. They want to destroy our identity. And that is why we will not give up. You can stop sending weapons, you can stop sending money, you can stop your cake sales, you can stop praying, you can forget about Ukraine. Ukraine will never, never give up. Because we have the desire to be free. to be set free. And we have hope that freedom will come. And freedom, of course, starts with understanding the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it's the same for all of us today. This is why we shouldn't give up. So Pastor starts off, I know you have little strength. God understands us. Yet you have keep, kept my word and have not denied my name. God has challenged us to be faithful and to be obedient. 
And then verse 11. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. You see, every day is one day closer to Jesus' return. Just like in Ukraine, we say every day is one day closer to the end of the war. Even if it doesn't feel like it's ending, and after 445 days, it does not feel like it's ending. See, this sermon will end soon, I promise. We'll go home, or you'll go home. I'll take my mum home soon. And yet Jesus is coming back soon. So what will happen first? I think if I had the choice, Jesus would come back before, before I finish my sermon. Wouldn't that be great? Because <laughs> it would put an end to everything. We'd no longer feel tired. We'd no longer have to, to struggle or to, or to persevere or to endure. But the war would end like that. All those life problems about watching cartoons before bed or school exams or a work on money, they would just disappear because Jesus would be back. We'll be re- uh, if that happens, we're re- going to be reunited with those that we love but have lost. And during war, there are many of them. Those who chose to follow Jesus before we lost them. So God knows we have little strength. God challenged us to be faithful and to be obedient. And he reminds us he's coming back soon. It could be today. So the question is simple. Are you ready? Are you ready if Jesus comes back right now? Thank you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about Locking Castle Church, please visit our website at lockingcastlechurch.org.